Hi everyone, Dave Mason here, and before we get started with this week's podcast, I just wanted to come to you and thank you for your patience with me. I know over the last few weeks, we've only been uploading a podcast every other week or so. We've been very, very busy down here in Jacksonville. We completely gutted our kitchen, put in a new dishwasher, new stove, new countertops, new cabinets, new floor, new carpet throughout our dining hall, uh, new TV for the troops. All sorts of construction has been going on the last couple weeks, and I have been basically (laughs) living here morning to night every day getting all of this done so i just haven't had chance to do the podcast on a regular basis like i usually do and i apologize for that the construction is done everything it seems is finished and and ready to go and so uh, we thank you for your patience pray for us this weekend as you get this podcast if you get this before sunday the 20th or on sunday the 20th on Sunday, November 20th, we are going to feed upwards of 70, 80 Marines a home-cooked Thanksgiving dinner here at the center. And we're going to be preaching the gospel and uh, giving them a chance to just sit back and relax. We're providing transportation to and from the camp. This has been officially sanctioned by the uh, Corps, uh, the Marine Corps Camp Johnson and Camp Lejeune, and they're letting us uh, do this thing. We're really, really excited about the opportunity to present the gospel and to just give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. These guys and gals can't go home for Thanksgiving. They're on duty Thanksgiving Day, so we're having this special Thanksgiving dinner for them just this time. So please pray for us about that, and I promise that once we get all this through and we're finished with all these work, that I'll be back to a regular weekly schedule with the podcast. Thank you so much for your patience, and now let's get into this week's lesson. Hello, and welcome to Field Notes the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. John chapter 6, continuing in verse number 30. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. This week we continue this sermon that Jesus has been preaching ever since he fed the 5,000, walked on water, uh, went away. The crowd followed him. They came after him. And now he's continuing this sermon, and he is uh, introducing the concept of bread at the prompting of the crowd. Remember last time he said, you didn't follow me because you wanted to follow me because uh, I'm the son of God. You're not following me because uh, of even the miracles. You don't, it's not that you're, you're following me because you had bread. I, I fed you and you want me to feed you again. You just follow me for your belly. And so at the prompting of the crowd, he brings on this concept of bread. And so we're going to look at folks this week, though they 
were fed by a miracle, though they were told of his ability to walk on water and calm the storms, they still didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. They wanted proof. And this week, we'll look at folks who stay stuck in the past and refuse to live in the present with the Lord. You've got to remember something. God is the God of now. What has happened has happened. We need to be more concerned with what He's accomplishing in our lives right now and how we can serve Him today. Because yesterday, friend, is gone. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow never comes. All we have is right now. So back at John chapter 6, verse 30, they said, What sign do you show that we might see it and believe you? What work are you going to work? And Jesus listens to them as they continue and they say, Well, our fathers ate man in the desert as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. What a sarcastic question. They know he's just fed 5,000. And now they're saying that Moses' miracle, the miracle that happened while Moses was around, was greater than even that. What sign? I mean, they've been fed. They've seen him raise uh, the, the crippled person. He, they've seen him, uh, they've heard from people. They know that he's walked on water and yet they still don't believe. It reminds me of what Jesus said to Nicodemus late that night in John chapter 3, verse 12. If I've told you of earthly things and you don't believe, how are you going to believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And look at their request. It's that we may see. What sign do you show that we may see? Their problem is a problem of faith. Men cry out, let me see and I'll believe. Yet God cries out, believe and I'll let you see. The real test of someone's faith in Christ comes when you ask them if they will simply believe on Jesus without having to see anything. That's a strange thing, isn't it? Just believe and you'll see. You see, men are willing. They're willing to work. They're willing to give money. They're willing to join a church. They're willing to do anything except simply believe. People want to work their way to heaven. They want to live their way to heaven. But the Bible teaches that only faith, which brings grace, can do the job. Back in John chapter 5, a few weeks ago, we read Jesus saying, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. These folks, they give this example of Moses. They give an example of a miracle they do believe in. I mean, they've, they, they, so many of these folks were fed by the loaves and the fishes. Many of these folks heard, and, they, and, and even the disciples are standing there, and they know that, that the testimony is true, that Jesus walked on water. They know he's raised crippled people and, and lame people to their feet. He, they know these things have happened, and yet they point back to Moses. Why? Because they're proud of coming from Moses. They're comparing Jesus' miracle of the 5,000 with the manna from heaven. Now, here's their problem. Two problems. Number one, they thought the manna was a greater miracle. And number two, they thought Moses performed the miracle. They quote the scripture, Psalm 78, 24, and rained down manna upon them to eat and gave them out of, gave them of the corn of heaven. But they wanted to believe. They wanted to believe that the past miracle is always greater than the 
present miracle. And folks, we still have that going on today. We have a whole contingent of the church that still believes that the past is greater than the present. Oh, that we had the days of Spurgeon and Moody again. Oh, that we had the days of R.A. Torrey and Billy Sunday. Oh, that we had the days of John R. Rice and Oliver B. Green and, and such. Oh, that we had old time revival again. I got news for you. Old time revival was not nearly as good as we remember it. And God is a progressive God who's moving forward and things are happening and he is doing greater and greater things the closer and closer we get to the end days. These are the days that God is doing greater and greater works. Not in the past. It doesn't feel like it because we're we're enamored of the past. We're we're naturally nostalgic people and we long for the good old days. And yet we realize we we, we don't realize that these are those good old days. These are the days when, when when God is working just as powerfully as he ever has. It's just different now. Things are different now. We don't have the same sort of things going on today that we had in the old days. That's okay. Back in the 40s and 50s, Oliver B. Green, he could put up a tent and three, 4,000 people would come. You don't see that today. Why? Well, back then there was no competition. I mean, just the pure entertainment factor of it. People would go just to hear a big old fellow yell and scream for a little bit. Today, there's TV, internet, radio, uh, there's social media, there's all kinds of... Con- You're not going to have those kind of things happen today, but look at what we can do. Folks, I'm talking to you uh, through a podcast on the World Wide Web, uh, through the, on the internet. I can, I can reach hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I have listeners in 37 different countries all over this world now. That could have never happened in the good old days. People just don't like different. And these folks are like, why aren't you doing it the way Moses did it? Why didn't you do it the way Moses did? If you're as good as Moses or greater than him, why didn't you do it the way he did it? Why don't we do the things the way they did it in the past? I'll tell you why we don't things do things the way they did in the past. Because it's not the past anymore, it's the present. And this is one of the reasons I'm a dispensationalist. I read scripture and I see how though salvation is always by grace through faith. God does at different times deal with different folks in different ways. And he uses different methods. As Warren Wiersbe said, methods are many, principles are few. Methods may change, but principles never do. And so things are different. It's okay. We're allowed to have different things. And things are different today than they were in the past. But that doesn't mean God's not working just as powerfully as he was in the past. We just have to open our eyes. And we have to believe. And then we'll see. Verse 32. Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Verily, verily. That's Jesus' way of saying, listen up. Listen up. This is really important. Two things here you need to understand. Number one, Moses was not the source of the bread. Moses did not give you that bread. 
God was the source of the bread and God is now the source of the bread. Quit being so full of pride in your heritage when your heritage interferes with the truth. This was the problem with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This was the problem with the religious elite. This is the problem with the common everyday Jew. The common everyday Jew who, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey, laid palms at his feet and cried, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And a few days later, they're the same crowd crying, crucify him. So it's not just the religious elite. It's the common person too. It's everybody. We're all the same way. We have pride in our heritage. We have pride in our traditions. And oftentimes that interferes with the truth. Be a Bible-believing Christian by conviction, not by confirmation. Don't be a Bible-believing Christian because your mama and daddy were. Don't be a Bible-believing Christian because this is the church I've always gone to. Do what you do. Say what you say. Believe what you believe by conviction, not confirmation. And then ascribe to God and God alone the glory for what he's done. Let me tell you something. I'm a preacher. I love preachers. I've been, I've been hanging out with preachers for 20 years, and, and I study great preachers. But let me tell you something. Brother so-and-so never built a great church. God built the great church. Brother so-and-so never held great revivals. God held great revivals. And until we get out of that mentality that, that there are certain men who God has, has anointed and, and these men bring the greatness. No. No. Look, I was a pastor for 14 years. I was never a great pastor. Never. If you don't believe me, go find some of my old parishioners. They'll tell you, I was never a great pastor, but I preached a great Bible that was given to me by a great God. And that God has done great and mighty things in my ministry. It's never been about Dave Mason. It's always been about Jesus. I want you to note the tenses in the words here Jesus uses. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. That word gave is in the perfect active tense, which means it's in, pa- it's in the past. It's completed. Moses gave you that. That's over with. What are you worried about that for? Why are you focusing on it? It's in the past. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. That's in the present active tense. Now he's offering something to you. Quit worrying about what God did in the past and start thinking about what God is offering you here, right now, today. For the bread of God, verse 33, is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Who's that? Who's this bread? See, here's the first of seven times in this sermon that Jesus states that he himself came down from heaven. In this, we see his plan to come down from heaven and his purpose to give life unto the world. Why does he use bread? Why is bread an an illustration for Jesus? Why does he say, I am that bread? Why does he say, this is the bread that comes down from heaven? Well, bread is wonderful. Let's be honest. Bread's wonderful. Bread is a sustaining force. It, 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 has all, it has great carbs and it has energy and it's satisfying. It tastes good. It fills you up. There's nothing like warm bread. I mean, here at the center, when we, when we serve our Marines spaghetti dinners or, or uh, uh, the other night we had uh, uh, low country boil with shrimp and sausage and potatoes and co- we make yeast rolls. Put them in the oven, bake them up, put butter over top of them, 
I tell you what, those guys and gals, they just sit there and just eat the roll. They will eat every roll that's baked. Doesn't matter how few or out and how many rolls, how many, how many, many rolls are baked. They'll eat every one of them. Why? Because bread is filling. It tastes good. It's comforting. Now, too much of it is not a good thing. Just like anything else, too much of it is not a good thing. You get a little bigger than you should. If you eat too much, you got to watch yourself. But bread is a picture of the fulfilling, satisfying, life-giving Son of God. Who is Jesus? He's the one who can give us life. That energy, that car, those carbs for our life. Who is Jesus? He's the one who can satisfy us. Uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He fills you up with his goodness. After Jesus says this to these folks, guess what they say? They turn to him, verse 34, and say, Lord, evermore give us this bread. They honestly ask for the bread that he speaks of. Just like the woman at the well who wanted living water to meet her physical needs, just like many today, they still, though, don't fully comprehend. See, Jesus offered the woman at the well living water that would spring up in her well of life. And she goes, oh, give me that water that I never have to thirst again. I don't have to come back to this well. She didn't understand he was talking about spiritual water. Jesus says to this crowd, the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. And they go, give us this bread. They're thinking, oh, get this bread. I'll never have to work again. Again, we get back to this laziness thing. We talked about the last time. They, they, they give us this bread and we'll never have to farm again. We'll never have to. If we can just have the life of Riley, we'll just sit back with ease, right? That's not what Jesus was talking about. You see, we have the same problem today. A lot of folks look at Christianity, the church, the fellowship of the saints, as an opportunity to gain and to gain not just physical blessings, but emotional blessings. See, church becomes a feel-good social club for a lot of folks. But church is not supposed to be a social club. The church is where you learn the truth about yourself. That's right. The truth about yourself. We don't go to church and learn the truth about our neighbor. We don't go to church to learn the truth about our president or our senator or our governor. We don't go to church to learn the truth about our enemy, foreign or domestic. We go to church to learn the truth about ourselves, And that means there's something wrong with me that needs to be fixed. Let me tell you something, folks. If you're always walking out of church feeling better than when you walked in, you're not really going to church. Now, sometimes there's a message and it's from God and God's purpose is to lift you up. But listen, when Paul talked about preaching, when he taught Timothy how to preach, he said, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. That's what preaching is. Two-thirds of it is negative. It's reproving and rebuking, showing people what their sin is, telling them what the sin is, and encouraging them afterwards to walk away from their sin. Just like Jesus told folks to walk away from their sin. The woman who was brought to him for stoning, he said, where's your accuser? She goes, not here. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. That's what church is about. 
It's going and learning the truth about yourself and learning the truth about Jesus, that He's the one who can forgive you. He's the one who can change your life. And if you haven't had Jesus forgive you, if you haven't had Him change your life, you need to come to Jesus. Not because it'll please someone else. Not because it'll make your husband or wife happy or your parents happy or your children happy. Not because you need a physical blessing. You come to Jesus because you need the bread of life eternal. You need everlasting life. You need the sustaining life-giving bread of Jesus Christ. You need the fulfillment and the satisfaction that only comes from gaining the bread from heaven, which is Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, church, are you living in the past? Are you concerned more with what was instead of what is? And to those that are listening to me that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, please, Please, I beg you, do not go another day without Jesus. Don't go another day without Jesus Christ changing your heart, changing your life, making you into the person you could be. See, much of our problem in society today is that everybody has decided that we're going to decide who we are as children, and then we're going to make sure we're that person the rest of our lives. And if anybody doesn't like it, they're just mean Well, here's the problem. Children can't make those kind of life-changing decisions for themselves. And if you do that, you're going to remain a child all of your life. And you're never going to receive correction. We have all these college students looking for safe zones and, and looking for cry rooms and because their feelings are hurt. I got news for you. Your feelings are going to get hurt in this world. God doesn't want you happy. He wants you to grow up. And if you grow up, you'll find happiness. When you grow up, you know what growing up means? It means admitting to your mistakes and your failures, understanding that you're, you have come short of the glory of God. That's what maturity is. When the Bible says that a person is supposed to be perfect, that word perfect as translated is, is really mature. We're supposed to be mature. And listen, the only way you can truly be mature is to admit that you're not who you say you are. And come to Jesus and receive the life-giving, sustaining, satisfying bread from heaven. If you've never done that, it's very simple. You just accept the fact that you're a sinner, that you've fallen short of the glory of God. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Confess that He is God in the flesh, that He died for your sins on the cross, that He was buried, that He was raised from the grave on the third day, that His blood paid the price for your sins, and His resurrection gives you the opportunity for eternal life. Confessing Him with your mouth, believing in your heart that God's raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. God's Spirit will come into you. You will change from that moment, and you will immediately be a new creature in Christ. And you'll know you'll know. Thank you for listening today. God bless you. Until the next time, I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the donate button. Any amount will
be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.